to Wellness Realness with Christina Rice. I'm your host, Christina. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner, holistic health coach, Reiki practitioner, and the creator of ChristinaRiceWellness.com, where you can find my blog, recipes, services, programs, and ebooks. In this podcast, I'll be discussing all things related to health and wellness, and I promise to always keep it very real. Remember my disclaimer, the information in this podcast is general health and nutrition advice and is not a replacement for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you'd like to submit a question or a topic for me to discuss, submit it on the podcast page at ChristinaRiceWellness.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating and a review on iTunes, and join our Facebook group, Wellness Wellness Podcast Tribe. I am finally back in San Diego. It feels so good to be back. The last week was a lot of driving, and it's nice to not have to be in my car for hours on end. So I'm very happy to be settled back in my apartment and hanging out here for a bit. Thankfully, I don't have any big travel plans in the near future. Instead, I will be keeping busy here in San Diego, which is my favorite place to be. I have a lot of new content I'm really excited to work on, and I always feel like when I'm home for a while, I am able to really focus and bust it out. So I cannot wait to get working on that for you guys. And in the meantime, if there are any topics you want covered on the podcast, make sure you let me know. You can send those into podcast at christinaricewellness.com or if you go to the podcast page on my website, there is a little form to submit a topic there. I always love and appreciate your feedback and it just helps me know what you're into and what you want to hear more of. So let me know if you have anything on your mind. So I'm very excited to be back in San Diego for a bit, and I'm also very excited for you to hear today's episode with Michelle Norris. If you are not familiar with Michelle, she is the co-founder and CEO of Paleo FX, the largest paleo event in the world. And if you follow me on social media, I'm sure you know I love Paleo FX. I've been the last two years and had such a great time. I think it's such a fun event. And if you are into the paleo lifestyle, if you are into health and wellness and love talking about nutrition and fitness and lifestyle and getting to the root of chronic illness and the food supply and environmental and even political issues, then I definitely recommend checking out Paleo FX. It is so much fun. But before founding Paleo FX, Michelle was a trained chef. She worked in the corporate world. She had her own health struggles, and finding the paleo lifestyle really helped her husband, Keith, the other co-founder, and he convinced her to go paleo and totally change their life. And she has a really beautiful story behind why they created Paleo FX, and it was really to leave a legacy for their daughter who passed away. I think you guys are really going to be moved by this episode. I learned a lot about the Norrises that I I didn't really know before, and we touch on a lot of different topics from grief to the healthcare system to the importance of taking responsibility for your own health and everything in between. 
Michelle is so inspirational and I just love her attitude. She isn't one to sit back and not take action. She is a woman of action. She is there to speak out, share her truth, help other people fight for their health as well and for their lives. And I just love the work that she's doing. What her and Keith have put together is really incredible. And I'm excited to see where things go in the future. So I think today's episode is really going to move you and make you think. And I'm excited for you to hear it. So without further ado, let's hop into this conversation with Michelle Norris. I am the CEO and co-founder of Paleo FX. Um, it's the largest paleo health and wellness event in the world. And uh, we've been putting on the event. We're g- going into our ninth year, our, our ninth event, actually. We just put on our eighth event. And um, it's been quite the ride, uh, to be quite honest. Um, I love what we do. We are super passionate about educating people about their health and, um, the fact that they are not only, um, uh, responsible, um, or that they not only have the right, but they have the responsibility to take their own health into their own hands and that they need to, um, partner with their doctors, not allow their doctors to dictate to them. So, um, one of the biggest reasons for, putting on paleo effects is really spreading the message about the paleo lifestyle because a lot of people really believe that it's about just the nutrition and the diet and it's um, paleo effects is so much more than that. It's really um, in our belief, there are seven pillars of health and we incorporate all of those into the event and, and a little bit more actually. So we believe in order for a person to be completely healthy, um, they need to not just be concerned about their physical health, but their mental health, their emotional health, their relational health, their financial health, their spiritual health. And then the last component is they need a community. They need a tribe. They need people that are like-minded and think the same way that they do and to feel like they're part of something bigger than just themselves. So we incorporate all of those things into paleo effects. Plus we, um, also bring in elements of, uh, sustainability and regenerative agriculture and decentralization of markets. Um, whether it be the banking system, the healthcare system, the education system, we believe in a lot of this decentralization because people really need to have more control over their rights and how they want to live. So, that's kind of paleo effects in a little bit of a nutshell. Um, and you know, besides that, I can just say it's a three day paleo party. (laughs) It really is. I mean, you guys really cover everything under the sun. I feel like every year you're growing in different ways, which is really cool to see, but I'm, I'm curious about how you got started with this. Like how did this idea come up? Well, let's see. Um, let me kind of go back and tell you a little bit about the backstory of Pillow Effects. There's two backstories. Okay. Okay. Um, so many people are aware our daughter, Brittany, was killed in a car accident 10 years ago on May the 2nd. And um, at the time that she was killed, it was three days before her 23rd birthday and a week before her college graduation. And she was a music and worship ministry major. And um, we had her first memorial service. It was held on what would have been her 23rd birthday. There were about 700 people that were in attendance and 
they had a receiving line for us and we received the majority of those people and they were telling us how Brittany had changed their lives. And it was very specific. Like she said this, or she did that. It wasn't like a, you know, superficial topical type of thing. Like, Oh, she changed her life. It was very specific. And by the end of the night, we were a little bit stunned and overwhelmed and were, you know, just really, I don't know, so proud of the fact that she had done so much in her very short life to change other people's lives. And so we started talking about it and said we needed to do something to carry on her legacy. We didn't want it to just die with her. So we were in, we were in process of trying to figure out what that looked like. We, we were thinking along some other lines and had some other ideas. Like we wanted to help, um, you know, retrain the food, um, you know, food kitchens and that kind of thing. We wanted to start a foundation in her name to change food kitchens, all of that. The big thing for us was Brittany was a very gifted and, and, um, uh, talented musician and singer. And she had the gifts of prophecy and she could preach and all of those things. And those were definitely not our gifts. So we were trying to figure out, okay, well, if those aren't our gifts, how do we actually change the world and carry on her legacy if that's not what we do? And we realized we just needed to operate in our gifts. And those are food and nutrition and fitness and health and wellness. And so um, when we both went into the paleo diet and started actually um, living that lifestyle, it was before Brittany passed away. We had already started um, living the paleo lifestyle before she was, before she was gone. And so it had already changed my health. It had already changed Keith's health. He was paleo for about a year before he convinced me to try it out because I had been diagnosed with IBS, which is, um, irritable bowel syndrome, uh, chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia. I had been misdiagnosed with early onset rheumatoid arthritis. I had low back pain. I was sick every single time that I ate. Um, at the time, I'm a trained chef and my specialty was Italian. So I made my own pizza and pasta dough and all of that at home. Most of the time we were eating at home. We, I made almost all of our meals. We didn't eat fast food. We didn't eat a lot of processed food, but we did eat a lot of refined carbohydrates. As soon as these were eliminated from um, our diet, within three weeks, all of my symptoms were gone. Wow. And so wow. that was just obviously a very big product of uh, chronic um, inflammation that was occurring. And so, um, I honestly did not come into the paleo diet very happy. I came in kind of kicking and screaming and was really disappointed and very upset and in a state of denial and anger that I had to give up these foods that I loved in order to be healthy. And I honestly believed at some point in my life, I was going to figure out how to put those foods back into my diet and be okay. Um, total, total denial there. So about, um, and when you are on uh, the standard American diet, what we call the sad diet, most women yo-yo in weight up and down constantly. You can get on a diet and pretty much starve yourself and lose weight. But then, of course, you're going to yo-yo back and usually gain more weight, which is what I did all the time. So I had everything from a size 6 to a size 12 in my closet. And what was interesting is I had been paleo for probably close to six weeks and had not recognized that I had gone down in size and was back to a size six. And um, 
what was interesting is our son played baseball and had been out of season. So we hadn't seen all of the parents or the kids for about 12 weeks. And so the first game I had been paleo about six weeks and all the parents, um, were just commenting when they saw us were like, Oh my God, you look so amazing. You've lost so much weight. You look so healthy. Your skin is glowing. What have you done? Well, I had not done anything. I had just been eating paleo. So I hadn't been dieting. I hadn't really ever thought about it. I just ate what what I was supposed, you know, what I felt I was supposed to eat. And I was not only feeling good, but I was actually looking really good. And I didn't even notice that. I wasn't even working out at the time either. So, um, so that's the day, like the light bulb went off for me. And I realized this is information that could help people. And Keith always jokes that that was the day a paleo evangelist was born because I'm one of those people that if something really works for me, or I think something's really good, I'm going to yell it from the rooftops. So here we go. I create my own website. And then of course, Keith and I had gone to the Ancestral Health Symposium, the inaugural Ancestral Health Symposium in 2011. It was August of 2011. And when we were leaving the symposium, by this point, we um, are have moved from North Carolina. Our daughter has passed away, and we have, are now owner, part owners in a gym, a very small chain of boutique-style gyms. And, um, and I had a blog, and I was... Um, had a catering company and it was a paleo catering company and we had moved to Austin. So I, um, were at this, this symposium and what we realized was, um, on the runway at LAX, when we were coming home, I was telling Keith, you know, it was a great symposium and it's wonderful. We geek out on all the science and everything, but at the end of the day, our clients at home, are kind of indifferent to the science. They're happy that it exists, but unless they know how it works and how to put it into their daily life functioning in their daily life, they really don't care. They're not interested in that. Now we geek out on it. We love the science, all of that stuff. But again, at the end of the day, our clients don't really care about that. And I started talking to Keith about, you know, it would be great if they did this, if they had if they had workshops to show people how to do proper exercise, if they did workshops to show people how to cook this food, it would be great if they did these workshops and these talks in order to really um, hone in on the actionable steps of paleo. And as we're sitting there talking about it, we realized that Ancestral Health Symposium is a decidedly academic symposium. So it wasn't going to change and become a functional symposium. And we realized very quickly that was what was missing is that there needed to be this conference for people to learn how to create this lifestyle for themselves. And so we made the decision that we started talking about putting on Paleo FX. And by October, so this was in August of 2011, by October, we made the decision to move forward and put together Paleo FX. And we launched Paleo FX on March 14th of 2012, which also happens to be mine and Keith's anniversary. And, uh, and we launched Paleo FX. And so in a six month period, we had completely gone insane and made the decision to do this. So those are the two backstories to Paleo, to how Paleo FX came about. Oh my <laughs> so. gosh. Well, first of all, I'm so sorry about your daughter. 
and what an incredible legacy to leave for her like she sounds amazing and I I really admire how you're able to use that experience to create something so incredible from it um I'm sure a lot of people listening are wondering like how did you cope with that and move forward from that experience well, you know, I'm not going to lie. It was very difficult at first. There were many days I did not get out of bed. Um, there were many days I did not get dressed. Um, in fact, there was a point I know a few times when Keith came home and he would be like, oh, you got dressed today. Yay. It was like that was an accomplishment. Mm-hmm. And it got to, you know, I started realizing that the only way to actually honor her memory is to keep on living. And to create something that keeps her memory alive. Because I got to say, from the very beginning, from day one, my biggest fear was that people would forget that she existed and that she was here. Mm-hmm. And that's not, uh, wasn't possible. But it was also, I made sure that that didn't happen. So, and that was the only way to make sure that it didn't happen was to create um the opportunity to carry on her legacy and to talk about her. And so um, I I really, in my opinion, had no choice but to continue to live and to honor her by living. So I, you know, and that's the whole thing is if you don't continue to, you know, grieving is a personal process. Nobody can tell you how to do it. Nobody can tell you what it's like and nobody can tell you what it should look like. And nobody can tell you whether or not you're doing it right or wrong. There is no right or wrong way to grieve. Um, there are a whole lot of people out there that will tell you how to, how to do it and then whether or not you're doing it wrong and you know, all of those things. And I had many of those people. And the thing is, is that they weren't helpful. The only thing I can tell you is I for people that um, I am constantly being um, connected to people who have lost their children so that I can help them grieve through it and get through it. And the thing is, is you don't ever get over it. You just get past it. And you learn to have a new normal in life without that person. And the thing is, is that early on, I was one... Uh, there was a quote that was sent to me one time and it said, death doesn't end a relationship. It just changes it. Mm -hmm. And um, so the thing is, is that I feel very strongly that Brittany's presence is constantly here and that we constantly feel her being here. And we know that, um, you know, we're all energy and energy doesn't die. Um, It's the physical human body that dies. And so, so it just becomes a completely different relationship. And so that was one thing that I had to really connect with and get, get through. And, um, and like I said, I just knew that if I didn't move on and do something positive with my life and went to honor hers, then I wasn't honoring the fact that, you know, her death needed to mean something. And, um, and all of that, in my opinion, if I don't continue to live, is kind of all of it's in vain. So mm-hmm. I just, um, that's just where I was. And um, like I said, there's still hard days where I think about her a lot and, um, and have that moment of realization that, holy crap, she's really not here. Um, and it's, it's hard. Um, those are the days that are really hard. And so, um, but I find when I connect with other parents that have lost their children, 
and help them through that process, I end up getting helped through my process too. So um, that's just probably the best way that I can say that. Yeah, I think that's a really beautiful perspective. And this might be an odd question, but I wonder if since you said you had already been eating paleo and living more of that kind of lifestyle, if you think that gave you more of a mental clarity to be able to work through it in a better way. Oh, absolutely. I can tell you too that I don't, I think that I would have, uh, if I had not been paleo, I, I think that I would have succumbed to a lot of illness and a lot of, um, a lot of different, um, medical issues as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think that I would have had a harder time, um, being able to cope with it and, and getting through what a lot of people would probably declare as depression, but you know, what grief is, is a lot different than depression. So, um, but I think that it could have sunk into depression if I had not been paleo. And the thing is, is that I'm also one of the things that Brittany and I talked about before she passed away a lot. And it's just one of my, it's kind of one of my core beliefs is that you, you have a choice. You always have a choice to find beauty in the ashes and it's up to you whether or not you choose to do that. And the thing is, is that I chose to find beauty in her ashes and there are so much wonderful things. It's not like I would ever choose it or it would ever be my choice that she would not be here, but I cannot deny how much good has come from the fact that she is no longer here and how she's impacted the world even more immensely from her passing. So, yeah, I think it also relates back to, I mean, before you mentioned like empowering people to take responsibility for their health and it's the same thing, you know, when life deals you cards and you have a choice of how you respond um, you know, you can just wallow and grieve forever, or you can say, okay, how can I move forward from here in a better way? Um, so I think it relates in that aspect, but I think a lot of people, I mean, I bring that up because I think a lot of people don't connect the fact that their diet and lifestyle, like living in a healthy way affects your mental health and emotional health and how you react and respond to like social situations and all of that. And people don't realize, you know, maybe you're going through something really difficult and that's the time when people are most likely to fall into bad habits and not take care of themselves. But that's the most important time to keep up with your nutrition and lifestyle habits so you can get through it. Oh, I I could not agree with you more. I totally, um, you know, so people are finally starting to wake up to the idea that our nutrition completely affects every part of our health. And like I said, we believe in the seven pillars of health and that's, you know, going to be the physical health, the emotional health and the mental health mm-hmm. and the, mm-hmm. and the relational health. So those are the four components that are probably the most well and spiritual health. So, you know, and the thing is, is we don't tell anybody what they, they should believe. We just know that when you, you understand that there's something much bigger than you out there, and that you have faith in something, um, that you tend to have greater health and greater emotional health and greater mental health and better relationships. And that all stems from good spiritual health. And so when you have all of those things in place, then it's easier to cope with those things on a daily basis to get through the things that are very difficult in, you know, having losses. I mean, be it, 
loss of, you know, a loved one or loss of a job or career or loss of, you know, you um, have divorce. Um, Those things are all very painful and very traumatic. And the thing is, is at the end of the day, they can all take a heavy toll on our physical health if we aren't taking care of um, making sure that we are doing all the things that keep us healthy. So, yeah, 100%. And I think also, I love that you pick what you talk about the spirituality side of things. Like I know for me, I, I'm very spiritual, but I don't think I ever would have gotten to this place had I not changed my nutrition to begin with. And that fed into the lifestyle and then you start living this whole paleo lifestyle and it, it changes your relationships and your spirituality. And I think, you know, it kind of frustrates me. I'm sure you probably heard this when you first started going paleo and sharing it. People like, Oh, paleo is a fad. And I'm like, but it's not, it's not a diet, in my opinion. People call it the paleo diet, but it is, to me, the end of dieting and this whole lifestyle that you touch on. Um, and I think it's really interesting how that can lead so many people to spirituality in the end. I, I completely agree. And the thing is, is that, um, you know, again, yeah, this is lifestyle and it is the end of dieting. I don't diet anymore. I just eat. I I listen to my body and I've connected. That's the other piece too, is that people are so disconnected from their bodies. They have all of these messages that they're and diagnoses that their body is giving them that they are completely ignoring. And the reason they're ignoring is because they do not, they're no longer connected. They no longer have that brain body connection where they can actually recognize, Oh, I mean, cause I can tell you, I was really numb to it. The fact that I constantly, had stomach aches every single time that I ate. Well, hello. I mean, that's like the biggest thing there is your body saying, whatever you just put in here is something I don't agree with and I can't, I can't handle. So please stop doing it. And so the problem is, is we just completely disconnect from that. And, um, if it wasn't for Keith recognizing it over and over the, the correlation between what I was eating and how I felt, if he did not come to me and say, I really think all of your symptoms, all of your issues all sound like celiac. And so if he hadn't come to me and him start telling me this and then me actually listen to my body, do what it needed to do. And then once I was paleo and everything was gone now, when something comes up and I know I track everything so I can tell you, I can pinpoint immediately oh, I had something, you know, whatever it was specifically, I can almost go right back and find exactly what it was if I don't feel good. If something comes up for me, I know exactly how to track back and figure out what that was and then not do it again. So um, that's one of the things that we have lost that connection is people just do not listen to what their bodies are telling them. And your body gives you signals nonstop. And so... um, that, that's a big thing. And that is all about the lifestyle. That's, that doesn't even have anything to do with dieting. That's just listening to what your body is telling you. And the thing is, is there's so many people I think that are in such huge denial. They'll tell you that, oh, I don't have any issue with gluten or I don't have any issue with eating bread or eating pasta or any of that stuff. None of that stuff bothers me, but they're, you know, 25, 30 pounds overweight there. You can see that they are completely bloated, that they have, you know, chronic stress, they have chronic inflammation, they have all of that going, you can actually physically see it in another person. And they will sit there and tell you they don't have an issue. And I'm like, just get rid of it for 30 days. And I guarantee you, you will see how 
it affects you because as soon as you're rid of it and you can clear out that all of that from your body and you can clear out your brain and the fog that comes with all of that, you're going to see what the difference is and how you actually can, how you can actually feel by eating, a, you know, just eating a, a, a whole foods diet. And that's really all that paleo is, is eating real whole foods. Um, it's, so yeah, the notion that this is a fad is pretty hysterical considering the fact that this is, you know, a fad based on millions and millions of years. I, I would agree with that. And those people, I think half of them are just oblivious and they really, half of them I think really think it's normal to feel brain fog all the time and bloated and be constipated or have diarrhea. Like people actually think that's normal because of what they've grown up with. And the other half, I think, no. And like you said, they're just in denial or they don't want to give up their favorite foods because they're literally addicted to them. Um, And a lot of people just don't understand that these foods are actually addicting. It's like a drug to you. So yeah, no shit. You don't want to give it up, you know? Oh, and I can tell you, I was like, I was in a, it was really, really difficult for me to give up pasta and bread. Bread and pasta were my big thing. Those are the two hard things that I had to give up. And thing is, is that now, now that I actually know my genetics now in being in this um, movement and understanding my genetics, I have now had to make other adjustments because I have the gene SNPs for early onset Alzheimer's and my grandmother died of Alzheimer's um, disease. And, um, and I completely agree with you that there are so many people who just believe that this is normal, that, that it's normal for us to get old and to, you know, slowly decline and deteriorate into a long, painful, suffering death. Well, that's just all bullshit. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that probably gets me going the most is that people believe that because that's what they're told by their doctor. Well, you're just getting diabetes. You're just getting heart disease. You're just getting high cholesterol. You're just getting all of these things because you're getting old. And it's that's all normal. No, it's not. We're supposed to live until the moment that we die. And there is not supposed to be this long, slow decline into death. We are supposed, it is just supposed to be a drop off. Like you're alive and now you're not, and that's it. And there should be no suffering and there should be no, any of the pain and there should be none of the, the, the lowered quality of life that comes with the diseases of modernity. And the problem is, is that that's all, all bullshit stories that are being told to us by the establishment, which is why, you know, the medical system is just, it's so troubled because the problem is, is that the system we currently have is a system that we needed. It was a system that we needed when it was created, but it is no longer needed. And the problem is, is that now everything is about a pill. Everything is about masking our symptoms. Not a single pharmaceutical actually takes care of the issue, the underlying root issue of the problem. What it does is it stops whatever your symptoms are and masks it. It's like putting a Band-Aid on a gunshot wound. Mm -hmm. And that's what we do. And everybody is just like, okay with that. And it's not okay. And it's not the proper way to live or to die. So 
I get very passionate about that. <laughs> no, I, I love it. And I agree too. It's like I get so frustrated with, I mean, there's this God complex around doctors, right? And so I'll tell people like they have digestive issues and they're like, oh, well, my doctor put me on, you know, some immunosuppressant or some pill. And I'll say, well, have you tried, you know, supporting the function of your gut or healing your leaky gut? And they go, well, my doctor says that's not real. They didn't bring that up to me. So it, like, it's not true, right? Because the doctor didn't bring it up. And I'm like, they can only give you, they can only use the tools they were taught in school and they were taught to give you a pill. They don't even know about any of this. So of course that's the answer they're going to give you if they don't know about it. And it really is frustrating because people have so much more power over their health than they think. And I mean, I think it would be really scary for the medical system if everybody realized that if they ate a paleo diet, they could like heal so many of their health issues. That would be very scary for them. I hope you guys are enjoying this episode with Michelle. I wanted to take a brief pause to tell you about one of my favorite products. So as you know, I was recently traveling, drove down to LA in the Bay Area, and I thought it was hot in San Diego. It was really hot in the Bay in LA, let me tell you. Like I was just sweating sitting in my house. That is why I was very thankful to have my native deodorant. Because if you are on the non-toxic personal care product train as I am, you know it can be difficult to find non-toxic deodorants that actually work and actually stand up to the heat. And at this time of year, it is the ultimate test to find out if your deodorant really works. And that is why I love Native Deodorant because it is so effective and totally non-toxic. And I'm so excited that they are sponsoring today's show. If you aren't familiar with Native Deodorant, their deodorant is filled with ingredients actually found in nature. So coconut oil for its antimicrobial properties, shea butter for moisturizing, and tapioca starch which helps to absorb any wetness. Their products are free of aluminum, parabens, and talc, so they're totally safe for you, unlike conventional deodorants that you will find at the store. And I love how there are so many different scent options for both men and women, and they also release new limited edition seasonal scents throughout the year. They have scents like eucalyptus and mint, coconut and vanilla, lavender and rose, cucumber and mint, and they also have an unscented formula if you don't want any scent, as well as a baking soda-free formula if you need a sensitive version of a deodorant. So some people might be a little bit sensitive to baking soda, and if that is you, you might notice a little rash under your armpits when you wear non-toxic deodorant. Many people notice this and they just need to switch over to a baking soda free formula and that's why I love Native because they have plenty of baking soda free options. They also don't do any animal testing and there's really no risk to trying it out. Native offers free returns and exchanges in the U.S. And if you subscribe, you can actually save $2 per stick. So if you subscribe, Native will conveniently deliver to your door every one, two, three, or four months, depending on how often you go through deodorant. And it's just a really easy way to keep your supply up because the worst is when you run out and you're not prepared. 
I have been using Native for a few months now. I am using the coconut and vanilla scent. I absolutely love it. And right now I'm obsessed with that scent, but I, with deodorants, like to switch out scents when I can because I feel like I just kind of get tired of one after a while. But for now, I am still loving my coconut and vanilla scent. It smells amazing. And I just love how this stands up to the heat. It lasts all day long. I love the ingredients. I love how simple the ingredients are. And it's so nice that they have that sensitive formula. So if you are more sensitive to baking soda, you can avoid it and still have a non-toxic deodorant. That really works. I am very picky about my personal care products. And it's really important to me that my deodorant especially is safe because... We have lymph nodes right in our armpits and actually just my personal life right now, I am really focusing on supporting my lymphatic system, making sure everything is flowing and clean so my body can really detox and in order for that to happen, you really don't want to have any toxins right by your armpits, but really on your body in general. So if you've been looking for an amazing non-toxic deodorant that actually works, definitely check out Native and you can get 20% off of your first purchase if you go to nativedeodorant.com and use my promo code wellness during checkout. So again, for 20% off your first purchase, just go to nativedeodorant.com. That's N-A-T-I-V-E-D-E-O-D-O. R-A-N-T.com and use my promo code wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S during checkout and you are good to go. And after you try your native deodorant, let me know what you think. Let me know your favorite scent so I know which one to try out next. I always love to hear your feedback. All right, I know you're on the edge of your seat waiting to get back to this conversation with Michelle. So let's hop right back into it. Yeah. And you know, that's the other part of this too, is that a lot of people get really tied and married to the identity of whatever disease it is. Particularly, I see this a lot in people who are diabetic, mm-hmm. um, that they have a real um, mindset around, um, because they were told that there is nothing that they can do about it. Um, that they need to accept this diagnosis and they need to accept that they're going to be on insulin and, or some type of medication for the rest of their lives. They accept it. And the thing is, is that that's not absolutely not true. Um, you know, the only type one is not curable, but type one can be alleviated to a great degree. And, um, insulin, um, use can be, greatly reduced by eating a whole foods diet, not the diet recommended by the American Dietetics Association, which by the way, is sponsored by Pepsi, Coke, McDonald's. I mean, you know, there's a lot of conflicts of interest right there. And the thing is, is that if they perpetuate and maintain disease, and that per- perpetuates and maintains their bottom line and their profits. I mean, in all honesty, there is no there's no interest in, there's no profit in curing any disease. There's none. There's only profit and, and interest in maintaining and, um, you know, making sure that we sustain disease. And so that's, you're right. The thing is, is that our doctors are not taught 
to alleviate symptoms or find what the root cause is to the symptoms that are occurring. What they're taught is how to get rid of the symptoms or mask them. And, you know, they don't, they don't even get, you know, they are, they're lucky if they get a few weeks of nutrition in medical school in a 12 year, you know, 15, 20 year program to become a doctor about, you know, maybe if they're lucky, three to six weeks of it is nutrition. And it is so minimized in their world that they have, they don't even go to that. That's not even something that they start looking at. The only thing that they'll ever do as far as diet is concerned, if you have elevated cholesterol, they might tell you to stop eating some things that have cholesterol, which is another thing that's, you know, incorrect and is not we, I mean, so many people fear cholesterol and what they don't understand is cholesterol is, is a natural phenomenon that we have in our body, but it's something that's actually needed and, but we need to maintain it properly. And the problem is, is the medications and all of the things that the doctors will tell you to do will actually cause you probably far more issues and they don't test for the right things. So that's the other piece of the pie is that they're, you know, they're testing you for your actual LDL and HDL when in reality they need to be testing you for your, you know, the density and they need to be testing your particle numbers. I mean, it's, you know, they, they always say it's not about, um, you know, the cars on the highway. It's about that, all the, you know, passengers in the cars. Mm -hmm. What's that number? Because that's the one that actually makes it whether or not you have a risk or, and, and so we need to make sure that people are actually getting tested properly. So that's another thing we'll teach you. Yeah. As we'll teach you what you're, because this is the thing at the end of the day, all of the biomarkers, all the blood markers, all of the different testing, lab tests, and all of that stuff, all the averages that are being put into where, you, okay, you're, you're, I'm not sure anybody that's just interested in being an average person. Um, I'm not. I want to be optimized. I want my health to be optimized. So I want optimized biomarker numbers. I want my labs to be optimal. I don't want them to be average. And so the numbers that we have that they base everything off of that doctors go by are based on sick people. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't even make any sense <laughs> that that's how we operate, but that's how we operate. We want to get everybody into the average column. Well, I like, again, I just don't want to be average. I want to be optimal. Yeah, 100%. It's so funny. I was just talking about this on social media. Well, about a week ago, I was in Boulder, and there's this group of people in the middle of the street holding TV screens, um, showing animals being slaughtered, basically just promoting veganism. And I was standing there, and I was taking a video of it, because I wanted to talk about it. Um, and, the, you know, the guy comes up to me, and goes, so what do you think we're trying to promote? And I was like, well, I can see you're trying to promote veganism. And he goes, what do you think? And I go, well, I think you need animal products to be healthy. <laughs> and he goes, well, I I get my labs done every year and my blood work is perfect and I can do 15 chin-ups. And I was like, well, I don't really care how many chin-ups you can do, but who's checking your labs? And he goes, my general practitioner. And I said, we should get them checked by a functional medicine practitioner. And he goes, what is that? And so I explained to him what that was. And he, I said the same thing. I said, would you agree that most of America is sick? And he goes, yeah. And I, and I said, okay, so why would you want to compare your lab markers against everybody else who's sick? And he just looked at me like blank faced. And then he goes, do you know what cholesterol is? And I said, yeah, do you know what cholesterol is? 
<laughs> and and he goes, yeah, it clogs your arteries. And I mean, I just went off, and I was like, do you do you know that your hormones are made of cholesterol, and that your body naturally produces cholesterol? And then just rolling into that, and I think just that interaction for me, I'm like, wow, how far have we gone? Like people are so misinformed, and then you have people on the streets spreading this bullshit to other people. Um, and unless you're really your own advocate and really diving into things, like even the paleo movement. I mean, people still, it shocks me. They go, what's paleo? And I'm like, do you live under a rock? Like, how are people so out of touch? Um, and I'm like, how do, how do we get people to know what they need to know? Right. And well, that's the, that's the trick right there. That's, that right there is job security for the future <laughs> for those of us in the movement that are trying to educate people on what's really, truly, um, you know, the thing is, is that, that at the end of the day, yeah, that guy might be healthy, um, might be, he could be, uh, not, not every, I, I'm not the, I'm not of the, the, um, mindset that everybody needs to be on a paleo diet. I think everybody needs to be on a whole foods diet. I think anything, eating anything processed and that has sugar or soy or gluten is just a recipe for disaster. Now, if you do well on vegetables and what have you, that's fine and great. I think the fact that that vegans get so adamant about about not having any type of of animal products is a rather interesting um, story because the whole thing that the whole premise that they base this on is that animals are sentient beings and they should not be killed and blah, 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 whatever. But at the end of the day, there is all kinds of science and everything that's proven that plants are just as sentient as animals are. Mm -hmm. So where do you draw? So do we just stop, stop eating everything because it's all sentient? I think that we watch how nature works. And if you watch how nature works and other animals kill other animals to, to eat, you have animals that eat, um, plants, you have all of this going on. And the thing is, is at the end of the day, it's the order of the world. It's the cycle of life. And that sounds really cliche, but at the end of the day, we end up ultimately going back into the earth to feed the plants and animals that, I mean, like that's how this works. We all are part of that big, huge hole. And so we were the ones that were, you know, now have the large brains. We're the ones that actually are dominant over the earth at, at the moment. <laughs> and the thing is, is that I believe that animals and plants need to be, um, need to be, you know, raised in a very, um, with good animal husbandry and with respect. And so when we use any plants or animals for our own use, for our own nutrition, we need to be giving um, gratitude for that. We need to show reverence for that. We need to, they need to not be put into confined animal feeding operations in order for us. That is something that the vegans in us can completely 100% agree on, that that is not good for the earth. That is not good for any of us physically or mentally or emotionally or healthy. It's not none of that. And at the end of the day, we can all agree on that. But when you actually take an animal's life and you give reverence for that and you are show gratitude for that and that the animal did was had a good life and was um, raised in a way that was humane and then they were killed in a way that was humane, 
there, I, I honestly cannot say that I think that there's anything wrong with that. And I understand people who are, are vegan or vegetarian for ethical reasons. I don't understand vegans or vegetarians that are that for health reasons because it's been proven scientifically that this is a healthier way to live. But at the end of the day, I respect their beliefs. I respect if that's if they, their beliefs are about ethical, you know, the ethical nature. The thing is, is at the end of the day, you cannot dismiss the fact that there is science to show that plants also have are sentient and can feel. Yeah, one hundred percent. And also, I mean, growing growing plants also kills animals. They're just smaller animals. They're just insects. But right. you're killing animals some some way, you know. Um, yeah. And I just I just hate you know when people like though that guy I was talking to I'm like can you not use fear-based tactics and false science to try and spread your message like at least give me a valid argument um which is one of the things I love about paleo fx is that you get all these people in this big convention center that I mean a lot of us have similar beliefs like overall values but you have people who you have people who are plant-based and people who are carnivore and people who are keto and people who are higher carbon lower carb and all these little different pockets within the paleo space um which i think is so interesting and really cool to see everybody kind of explain their mindset around things and my question for you is i mean hearing all these different people talk does this ever screw with your head like (laughs) No, um, no, honestly, because at the end of the day, and you know, our theme this last year was to challenge authority, defy dogma and demand different. And the thing is, is that if you do not um, consistently question your beliefs, then you cannot progress. And Mm -hmm. so we just believe that if there is no dissension, there is no progress. And we have to have people constantly challenging our beliefs so that we can keep affirming those beliefs or we change those beliefs if we are found to be incorrect. And the thing is, is that science is always changing and emerging. And so at the end of the day, you know, years ago at the beginning of paleo, it was adamant that no potatoes, it was adamant, no starches. It was adamant that there was no, you couldn't eat any dairy or any of that stuff. And the thing is, is that there's emerging science that shows some people are do really well with potatoes and need them. They need the starch, the, the, um, uh, starchy carbohydrates, Mm -hmm. they need those. And so, um, the thing is, is that if you, if we just were very staunch in our belief that you should not eat potatoes and sweet potatoes and rice and all of those things that those are, then we would not have progressed from here. And that there are people that now, consume those things, they cook them properly. And and that's the other thing is also knowing what the science says about how they need to be cooked in order for them to be, you know, them to be the healthiest that they can be to remove as many of the antitoxins and lectins and that type of thing that are in a lot of foods. And the thing is, is at the end of the day, every organism on this earth is made to thrive and survive. That's how, that's how it is. So plants, lots of plants, have lots of toxins in them in order to thrive and survive being taken out and extinct, you know, um, extinguished. And so the thing is, is in order for us to be able to consume those, we need to consume them properly. We need to consume them. We need to prepare them properly in order to, to continue to be healthy. 
if we hadn't started questioning all of these beliefs or all of this type of what people would consider dogma or whatever, if we hadn't start questioning that, we would not make progress and move forward and make the make the realization that, okay, is dairy a is dairy a um, an item that is is um, optimal for everyone? Hell no, it's not. There are a whole lot of people that should stay away from dairy. But there are a whole lot of people that do really well on dairy and actually benefit greatly from having, you know, the lower processed, um, you know, uh, raw dairy or low homage, uh, low um, pasteurization dairy, that type of thing. There are a lot of people that do really well on that. But at, at the end of the day, it's up to you to find out what does your paleo diet or what does your diet, you know, your whole foods, ancestral health diet, what does that look like for you? What is it? Because my diet is completely different from my husband's. I can he can get away with a whole lot of things. He needs lots of potatoes and carbohydrates because he works out six, seven days a week. I do not. I'm a menopausal woman in my fifties that I need to stay as far away from that stuff as possible. And so my diet is a modified um, Mediterranean style keto diet. I have to watch saturated fats because of my gene snips. And so I don't consume saturated fats like most people do in paleo. Like I can't do a lot of butter. I can't do a lot of dairy. Now I have the enzymes to break it down. So I never had an issue with it whenever. Um, but once I found out my genetic SNPs, which I highly recommend everybody do that, I think that it's, it's really important for you to know what your genetics are so that you can do things to main, make sure that those genetics, whatever the, the, you know, the SNPs that you don't want them to actually um, express themselves that you were able to do that. And the thing is, is you can do that through this. Um, uh, particularly at our event, we, lots of people will show you the way to do that and how to, to know what your DNA means and, and that type of thing. So I just think if you don't find what works for you, you don't get your own N equals one experiment going. You can't tell somebody else what their diet should look like. You can't because you are not in their body. You don't feel the, um, result of that food in their body. And so, you know, and telling somebody else what they should believe or what they should think or what they should eat is all dogma. And that's like the last thing that we're going to want to do. And so that's why we have so many different viewpoints come to Pillow FX who are experts in this field. So they can give those different viewpoints. And when you're sitting there listening to them, whatever resonates for you and whatever makes sense to you is something you should look into and you should try. And then if it works for you, great. And if it doesn't, don't do it. I mean, that's just where we're at on that. But at the end of the day, making sure you're eating the healthiest um, way possible for your own health is really, like I said, it's your responsibility. It's your responsibility to the whole. It's your responsibility to society. It's your responsibility to your family and your friends and to your um, coworkers. That's your responsibility. Being a healthy, productive human in society is your responsibility. And being healthy is probably the first component of being able to do that. 100%. I'm so glad you said that. And I mean, I, I asked that too, because I wanted you to say that because I hear so many people, even with, you know, the podcast, for instance, they're like, I'm confused what I should be doing because you keep bringing people on who, you know, their opinions conflict. And I'm like, that's the point. The point is to get a conversation going and to get you to think for yourself. But 
it worries me how many people are afraid to think for themselves and they just, they really do just want to be told what to do. Oh yeah. Amen. They definitely want to be told what to do. And that, that the thing is, is that's nice. That's really easy. Mm-hmm. Just have somebody tell you what to do. That's what we, that's what we've allowed with doctors for, you know, hundreds of years, particularly the generation just before us, the, the baby boomer generation are the ones that probably rely on doctors the most. It's our generation that are finally questioning the doctors and going, no, that doesn't make any sense. Why would I do that? Why am I going to do that? I'm not going to do that. Those are the things that, that, that are starting to happen. And the thing is, is that's because we believe in critical thinking. Because, again, it goes back to your responsibility to the whole. If you're not critically thinking things through and you're not questioning really what, what's happening in society, what's happening to your health, what's happening with doctors, what's happening to healthcare, what's happening to our children through all of the things that we're doing, if all of that isn't working and we are proving it's not then it's time for it to change. And the only way for it to change is for each individual person to take their own responsibility and do it. So. I'm sorry. I get really passionate about that. (laughs) No, I love it. I love it. That's why I wanted you on. No, I I really love that. Um, I'm curious, when Keith first found paleo, was there a a certain person he found it through? Like, and a lot of people will find through like Mark Siston or Rob Wolf or how did he come across it? Okay. So this is way, way, way back in the dial-up days. Okay. (laughs) He was on an old school forum with Rob Wolf and Art Devaney who are considered the father and godfather of paleo, both of the two of them. And so um, he was on an old school forum talking to them. Um, Keith was helping out a friend who is a wrestling coach in North Carolina. And Keith was doing a lot of, you know, training, uh, personal training on the side and stuff like that. And so he was talking to him about trying to keep his team from having such, um, you know, when they were kind of out of um, season or they were on off weeks when they didn't, um, when they didn't actually wrestle, really trying to maintain their health and their weight without them having these substantial swings in weight, which is can be very detrimental to health. So Keith was doing some research, trying to figure out what was the best way for him to have his his players, his, you know, his team. Um, his whole team eat to keep them in a state where there was not such huge fluctuation in weight. And so um, Keith was talking to Art and to Rob and they were telling him about the paleo diet and about celiac and gluten and all that, which is when he started going, recognizing immediately the symptoms that Rob was telling him about celiac, recognizing them in me. And so um, he decided, and this is how Keith is, He's been very interested in nutrition all of his life. And so he's done every conceivable diet there is out there. And so he decided before he would tell this coach to do the paleo diet with his players, that he would test it out himself and see what resulted. And so what was interesting is at the time, Keith had a, uh, what we believed was a genetic um, high blood pressure issue. Um, And so he just believed that it was genetic. And the doctors kept telling him, if you don't get this blood pressure under control, we're going to have to put you on medication. So Keith had done everything. He had, you know, he had cut back on salt. He had cut back on caffeine. He had cut back on alcohol. He had done all of the things that you're supposed to do to get your blood pressure under control. And none of it worked. Well, he went paleo 
And he, uh, where he worked at the time, which by the way, hilariously, um, Keith was an engineer in the pharmaceutical industry for a very long time. And so, and this is the thing, we don't think all pharma is bad. There are some really amazing drugs and you certainly don't want to go to, you know, uh, a naturopathic doctor if you've broken an arm. So our emergency medicine and what we do as far as those things are concerned are very valid and very important. We're going to take another brief break for a second on the topic of the balance between natural approaches to our health versus medications, something that everyone can incorporate into their diets that is a natural supplement, not a medication that will greatly improve your health, is a probiotic. Something that I am very passionate about is making sure that you get a high-quality probiotic in your hands and not one of these fakes that you find at the store. And my top recommendation for this is Just Thrive Probiotic. They were actually at Paleo FX, saw them there. And you guys know I've been working with Just Thrive for so long. This is a product that I stand behind 100% and I absolutely love the company. If you haven't already listened to my episode with Tina, the co-founder of Just Thrive, make sure you check that out. That's episode 220, so just a few episodes before this one. But the reason why I love Just Thrive Probiotic is because it actually works, because it's actually a real probiotic. Just Thrive is a spore probiotic formulation. It's made up of four bacillus strains, including Bacillus indicus. These are some of the most well studied probiotic strains for both safety and efficacy, and they've been used for over 60 years. And What's so great about this spore formulation is that it actually survives the harsh gastric environment of the stomach and it's going to arrive 100% alive to the intestines. This is very important because studies have shown that most probiotics on the market do not survive the harsh stomach environment, making them not even a true probiotic. There's a myth out there that you want probiotics in the refrigerated section, and you really don't. You want a stable probiotic. If a probiotic can't survive at room temperature, how is it going to survive in your body? That is the question. Just Thrive probiotics are stable enough to, of course, survive in your body and also so stable that you can cook and bake with them. Remember, it's not about how many probiotic cells are in the product, it's about how many effective cells get to the intestines alive. And studies have shown that the strains in Just Thrive create a 30% favorable shift in the microbiome by using just 1 billion CFUs per day. So that's a 30 trillion organism change by just 1 billion spores. It's so important to have a high quality probiotic in your routine no matter who you are. Really important for obviously gut health, but the the immune system, really, because the majority of our immune system is in our guts. 80% of our immune system is found in the gut. So if your gut is unhealthy, then your immune system is not going to be functioning properly. And the strains in Just Thrive have a unique ability to interact with and modulate the immune system in a positive way. The spores sort of teach your immune system to detect and attack pathogens and toxins in the body and Just Thrive will help to upregulate the T regulatory system, which helps to suppress any unfavorable immune responses like allergies and food sensitivities. And Just Thrive has been shown in clinical trials to actually help heal leaky gut in just 30 days. And 
It suggested that about 65% of Americans have leaky gut, but I would argue far more than that have it. But leaky gut is really the root cause of most major chronic illnesses in the Western world, like heart disease, diabetes, cancer, autoimmune disease, dementia, and more. A high-quality probiotic is also really important if you have any weight loss goals. Metabolic reconditioning is a really amazing feature of the spores in Just Thrive, and the latest research shows that the type of bacteria in your gut not only controls the amount of calories you extract from foods you eat, but also the types of food you crave and what that food is converted to during the digestive process. Our bodies can be programmed to gain weight easily or to be lean, and that programming can be changed by using the right probiotic bacteria and feeding the good bacteria with the right nutrients. So this probiotic is amazing if you are looking to improve the health of your gut, to improve your digestion. Also, if you want to support your immunity, if you have allergies, if you have weight loss goals, if you have joint pain any aches and pains or if you're an athlete because it really helps with recovery as well as if you have issues with stress levels or your mood. One thing to consider is that 90% of your serotonin, which affects your mood, your social behavior, your appetite, your sleep, your memory, that's produced in the gut and studies have shown that spore-forming bacteria like the strains found in Just Thrive are key to elevating serotonin levels in the gut. So if you struggle with anxiety or depression or low mood in general, I definitely recommend making sure that you have a high quality probiotic like Just Thrive in your daily routine. This is something that I recommend to my clients, my family, my friends, and if you haven't tried it out already, then this is what you need to give a shot because a lot of people tell me that their probiotics don't work and they're just not using the right one. I would rather use no probiotic than a fake one. It can actually cause more harm than good. But ideally, you will use one that's actually effective and this can totally change your life. So definitely check out Just Thrive. And tell people you care about as well. If you notice that your mom or your dad are taking some random thing they find at Whole Foods, just send them over my podcast episode with Tina and let them decide for themselves. But if you're ready to get your own stock of Just Thrive Probiotic, then just go to bit.ly slash just thrive christina and you can use my discount code christina15 for 15% off so that's bit.ly slash just thrive christina bit.ly slash j-u-s-t-t-h-r-i-v-e-c-h-r-i-s-t-i-n-a and my code christina15 which is c-h-r-i-s-t-i-n-a-1-5 will get you 15% off your order I cannot wait for you guys to try this out. And if you end up going to Paleo FX next year, you'll probably meet the founders at their booth. I'm sure they'll be there as well. Okay, now that we've talked about your gut health, let's go ahead and hop back into this conversation with Michelle Norris. We believe in integrative. So if you need a medication, if it truly is something that you need for health and you can't do anything about it through um, nutrition and lifestyle changes, then clearly that is something that needs to be used. We just don't think that that for the majority of it, that you, you need to be doing that. So he gave blood. There was a blood drive every 58 days at where he, where he worked at the, the, um, pharmaceutical company he worked at. So 
he they would he would come in to give blood and they would do his blood pressure and then they would give him a lecture about his blood pressure and then they would take his blood. And he had been paleo for a little while and probably a couple of weeks and went in to go give blood. They did his blood pressure and she turned around and she walked away and said that they would be back to get his blood in just a few minutes. And he goes, well, wait a minute. He goes, what was my blood pressure? And she goes, it was 120 over 80. And he goes, can you check that again? And of course she was irritated. (laughs) She took his blood pressure again and she goes, like I said, it was 120 over 80. And that was for him, the light bulb moment that it it was, he just had a little bit of chronic, um, you know, inflammation going on, which is why what was showing up for him as high blood pressure was the um, refined carbohydrates and the type of diet we were eating. So when that went away, he was a believer. The other thing is, too, is he also recognized right away, too, is Keith had what people would call uh, uh, um, uh, being hypoglycemic, Mm -hmm. where he would get like really low blood sugar and get shake, start shaking and actually have, you know, we always called it low blood sugaring when he, he would get very irritated, got hangry, all of that stuff. He was constantly needing to eat every couple of hours, like consistently needed to eat every couple of hours, or he would get more and more, um, shaky and more irritable. And so, and then he also noticed he had a brain fog that went away as well. So all of that went away And he stopped needing to eat constantly, like every couple of hours, because he wasn't feeding that glycemic load and he wasn't feeding his insulin consistently. And so that's the other thing, that whole old school, Keith used to be a former bodybuilder and there's that old school thing that they, you need to eat six small meals a day and all of that stuff, or need to be eating every couple of hours. Well, basically what you're doing is increasing your insulin load and spiking insulin every couple of hours. You need to be doing everything you can to reduce that. Yeah. Because insulin, even though that's something that is healthy and needs to be done, you know, you don't want to spike it too often because it actually can do damage. So he realized, recognized that pretty quickly that it had made a a pretty dramatic change for him um, on, on that front. And so that's how he found paleo was through Rob Wolf and Art DeBaini and ultimately became a believer when it alleviated his genetic high blood pressure. Yeah, that's, that's so cool. And also, I think also just more evidence, you know, this idea that people have that, oh, well, I'm skinny, so I'm healthy. I'm like, (laughs) just because you don't have a weight problem doesn't mean you're not. It doesn't mean you're healthy, you know, like, um, there's so much that can be going on under the scenes. Yeah, there's, there's a such thing as being skinny fat. And I can tell you, I was definitely a product of that. I was, I was skinny fat. I just had a lot of, uh, I was thin, but I had a whole lot of fat in the the wrong places. So, um, you can definitely not have, um, you know, having a lot of, uh, of muscle is important to maintaining good health and maintaining body composition. So yeah, yeah, being thin doesn't mean you're healthy. There are a lot of people who would people would look at and go, oh, they're fat, but they're healthier than people who are thin. Yeah, 100 um, percent. And I think I mean, kind of related to this, it's like all, you have all these different speakers who are cover all these different topics um, about the whole lifestyle. And I'm wondering how you 
collect all these people like how do you make sure you've covered all your bases because you guys literally cover like every aspect of nutrition every different approach to nutrition and hormones and chronic illness and spirituality and fitness like how do you make sure you cover all your bases and like pick all these speakers um well that's actually that's my job and (laughs) it's uh it is um well, this is the thing. At the end of the day, what we do is really keep keep an eye on everything that's going on in the space and try to see where things are really important things are coming up. And this is the thing. I've, I've faced my own health issues in the last few years. I had a severe mold exposure that caused all kinds of health issues. It, it, um, it depleted my hormones completely. It kicked up what was an EBV, um, which is Epstein-Barr virus. Um, and it really put me into a situation where I had to start really overcoming um, some pretty serious health issues. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I um, will do is I know for people that are around me or people that are, are out there, what I see coming up is um, these are the things that need to be talked about or these are the things that are a lot more prevalent than we thought. So <clears throat> severe mold exposure is pretty was pretty um, um prevalent. Mm -hmm. And, um, so whenever I started going through it was when I started realizing, Oh, people need to know about this. They need to understand the dangers of severe mold exposure and what it can, um, you know, the harm that it can do to your health. Um, both Dr. Mark Hyman and Dave Asprey were both uh, had a severe mold exposure that almost killed both of them. And, um, the thing is, is that that's super serious. It's not being talked about. And in fact, People are trying, there's a lot of people out there that are trying to say that's bullshit, that doesn't really exist, there's no such thing as um, mold toxicity um, illness, which is, I can tell you personally, there is. I mean, it's, so it's one of those things where it starts, you know, coming on and coming on and coming on until finally the, the medical establishment can no longer deny that it exists. It's kind of like breast implant illness. That's finally something they finally had to recognize. And they said for years and years and years, it did not exist. And now they've had to finally this year come out and say, yes, they are aware of it. Yes, they know that it exists. And yes, they've known that it exists. Um, But they were trying to tamp it down. It's kind of like trying to brush it under the rug. And so those are the things is I just like try to look at um, what are people asking about? Like, what is, what are the things that people want to know more about? And so, and what do I want to know more about? So I, that's really how I do it is go through and who's the best person on that subject to come talk. And then of course, you know, you have people who are, you know, just very well known in the space and people want to see like Rob Wolf and Mark Sisson and Sarah Ballantyne and Chris Kresser and those kind of people. And so obviously those are the people that I, you know, bring back in time and time again, because people want to consistently see them. And they're, again, they're all staying on top of science. They're all staying on top of the trends. They're also seeing what's out there and what needs to be talked about. And so um, really it's just about paying attention to what's happening uh, around me and, and in the, the space. So um, that's kind of how I bring together and I have no, there is no, um, shortage of people who want to speak. So I'm sure <laughs> that's why we finally, I finally had to go to an invitation only model because, um, it got to the point where I, because I bet every single speaker that comes into pillow effects 
And it became really almost impossible for me to continue to keep vetting people that I didn't know, you know, having that many people come in that were not known. Cause I bet every single one, cause I don't want to miss somebody. And one of the things that we're really proud of at Payload Effects is breaking new, um, talent and new, um, people that have really great things to say or are doing really great things in the space and that have really great emerging science and know how to disseminate that. That's probably the biggest thing is knowing how to disseminate that into practical use for, for people in their daily lives. And so, you know, I, um, so I just really look at who, who is it that everybody really wants to see. The other thing is to, of course, we do surveys every single year and we ask everybody, you know, who is somebody new that you haven't seen at Pillow Effects that you'd like to see? And, you know, if it's somebody that I feel like resonates with our message and what we um, feel like is important to the audience and to the tribe, we're going to, I'm going to do whatever I can to get them into Pillow Effects. So, yeah, I always find, I mean, the coolest pe- people from who you choose to be a speaker. So I really appreciate that. And I really love that you guys touch on some of these health topics that aren't really being discussed in the general space, like you said, the mold toxicity, like I had have that too. I'm detoxing now. Um, and the chronic illness and like, you know, there's so many things that people aren't talking about, like the breast implant illness and even post birth control syndrome, like, hello, like (laughs) that it's real. And did you read the recent article in the New York times about Lyme? Um, no, actually I haven't. Um, I've been on vacation, so I haven't been on, um, any, and this is the thing, I don't watch the regular news because mm-hmm. I find mm-hmm. that it's uh, disingenuine and it, all it is is a lot of fear mongering and makes people fearful and makes people feel unempowered and um, that it, it just really takes, I think it personally takes away somebody's personal freedom. So I don't watch TV um, and I'm very, uh, most of the time I'm getting my information from the speakers when they post things or when they send them to me for me to read, I honestly have been under a rock for the last couple of weeks trying to <laughs> de, uh, you know, kind of just um, decompress after payload effects. So yeah, well, I think that's for the best. I mean, I'm the same. I don't pay attention to any of that, but in the um, holistic health space, I a lot of my friends were posting about this article, very upset because they, the New York Times had posted this whole article saying that chronic Lyme isn't real. And just I'm just like, this is embarrassing. Like, it's just embarrassing that they're saying these things aren't real. Um, so, I don't know. It just really grinds my gears. But one other thing I, I just wanted to touch on was... So, this year you brought a congressman as a speaker... Um, and I'm, I would love for you to speak a little bit more about how you see like paleo effects, um, dripping into the political world and kind of like how pharmaceutical industry is, has their hands in the political world, because I think people don't really understand how all this connects with each other. Well, the, at the end of the day, you know, we want to push for policy change up at the, up the top. I mean, that's, but we think that a lot of the change is going to come from both. It's going to come from the bottom, us pushing for it, and then it's got to come from the top. This is one of the first times that we've seen a congressman who is willing to, he's, he's a presidential candidate, so that's a platform and an opportunity to have this information 
out there on a national level where it's actually becomes part of the national dialogue and where people actually start recognizing and understanding and hearing it. And this is the thing. Those are the, that's where you start seeing trends and changes in policy is when people get behind that. And when particularly voters get behind that, you know, we always say vote with your dollars, but at the end of the day, voting people in to office who can actually make these changes is really super important. And we aren't telling anybody that they need to vote for him. What we wanted people to do was support the opportunity for him to get on the debate stage so that he could start the national dialogue for this. And so for him to come and base his entire platform on the fact that we need to change our food policy and our farming policy and all of those things, and that we need to change our health care system, which is currently a sick care system into a true health care system, that we need to change our education system to include opportunities for children to do social and emotional learning, and that we need to take care of our veterans. Because at the end of the day, these are the people that sacrificed for us to all have freedom, and we treat them like utter crap when they come back from serving this country. And um, are the people who who actually make policy and everything get treated better than the people who actually went out there and put their life on the line. And I think there's something fundamentally wrong with that. And so that part is really annoying to me. The fact that our Congress and our, um, and our um, Senate both do not um, have to adhere to the same um, laws and rules as everybody else is utterly ridiculous. And the fact that he believes that as well. Um, so those are the things that we just wanted the dialogue to begin mm-hmm. and it needed mm-hmm. to start with someone. And he was the only person that was ever willing to come up and say, this is my platform. This is what I'm fighting for. This is what I believe in. He also believes that meditation is a, um, huge form of stress relief and he wants to see that incorporated into schools and into our education system and particularly in um at where we take care of our veterans and our military um they're under tremendous amount of stress and we really do nothing to ensure that they stay healthy and that they mentally stay stable while they are serving the country so just um so for us to have him come to pale fx he um the day that he um, spoke at Pale Effects, we found out that he made it onto the debate stage, which was a tremendous um, um, obstacle to overcome and to be able to be a part of that. So that was really great to be able to announce that at Pale Effects. And um, we were just we were really honored that he chose to come to Pale Effects and and um, kind of bring his campaign trail through there. Yeah, I thought it was really cool that you guys added that in and kind of, I think it made a lot of people think about the bigger picture um, Mm -hmm. and kind of how sad it is that just, I mean, in office, you don't have people talking about this um, and how much would it change the country if they were, right? So I am curious just to kind of wrap up from here, like where do you see Paleo FX going in the future and kind of what's your, what's your overall mission with, with it? Well, um, honestly, we are our our first opportunity to go outside of the United States is coming up in September. We have partnered with Upgrade Labs, which is formerly Bulletproof Conference, and um, we partnered with them to um, create a, an event called Health um, Optimization Summit over in London, and that'll be September thirteenth uh, through the fifteenth, I believe. 
And um, we're so we're super excited about that. The thing is, is that at the end of the day, we really want the opportunity to take this out, you know, globally. So I, that's really what our um, our mission is, is to make sure that we are um, getting this out to the entire world, not just in the United States or in Canada or, um, you know, in Northern America. So we really want to make sure that people have the opportunity to learn what this lifestyle is about um, and learn on a, on a level where they feel empowered and not um, talked down to or told what they're supposed to believe or think or do. So, um, you know, we have opportunity to, um, go into Australia, to go into Canada, to go into Dubai and to go into Brazil. And so we're looking at all of those opportunities and evaluating what makes sense for us. It takes us 18 months to put on PaleoFX. So we are usually for six months of the year working on two simultaneous events at a time. And, um, so in October, we'll start working on the 2021 event. We've been working on the 2020 event since October of last year. So it's, um, so like I said, it takes us 18 months to put it together. And so, you know, it took us some time to put together infrastructure and to make sure that we had the right team that could take, take this on the road. Because to put on an event at the magnitude that we do, um, year after year and exceeding expectations each year is something that we feel very um, strongly about. We are very passionate about making sure that the event um, exceeds um, the previous year's event. And so that's kind of can be a very difficult thing to do. And um, so we just really work very hard at that. So the last thing we want to do is go on the road and, and not, live up to the expectations that PaleoFX has set. So we're taking our time with that, but that is something that we foresee coming about in, you know, in the near future. So that's really what our vision is, is to make sure that we are, um, you know, we, we believe that, you know, you, when you see something that needs to be changed, you're the right person to do that. And so we saw the opportunity to change things here. And so we, we ran with it and we realized we were the ones that had the power because we were the ones that recognized it. So I, that's what we want to do is empower people to, you know, make changes that they see that need to be changed. And the thing is, is at the end of the day, um, where we will fail is if we fail to have anything in place, when we take down all of the old regimes and establishments and paradigms, when we, um, just talking about, changing things and trying to dismantle what we currently have is not the answer. It's creating something new to put in its place. That's going to be sustainable and that's going to last long term. And so those are the things that we're working on and we're partnering with the right people to be able to do those things. And so we feel very passionate about all of that. Yes, 100%. Well, I'm really excited for you guys to be doing that. Um, I have no doubt that you will continue to exceed expectations. And I think everything that you're doing and everything you said on this podcast is just really inspiring. And I just really appreciate all the work that you guys put into the event. Um, so thank you for that. And thank you for sharing a bit about your journey on this podcast. I'm sure a lot of people are going to be really interested in this and learning more from you. So can you just share where they can find more from you and learn more about the event? Yes. So, um, they can find out more about the event at 
paleofx.com. That's P-A-L-E-O, F is in Frank, X is in x-ray.com. And that is F of X, by the way, just so anybody, it is the math function. So it's paleo, it means paleo function. <laughs> and um, they can find more on all of our social that's paleo, at paleofx and um, at Facebook on at PillowFX. And then me personally, they can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and on Facebook at Be The Grace, um, which is also a new project that I'm going to be um, launching in the next few months. And so um, my daughter's name was Brittany. I called her B, and her spiritual name was Grace. So um, it's kind of another... Um, kind of another hat tip back to her. Um, but it's something that I also feel very passionate about is one of the things I think we're missing in this world is grace. We, um, you know, at the end of the day, I think that showing other people grace, um, for being human is the ultimate sign of love. And so a lot of people will say, all we need is love. But I, I, I honestly believe at the end of the day, if we show grace, we are showing love. So, um, that's part of my next mission and next project. And so you can follow me, like I said, at be the grace on, um, on, uh, actually I think it's be the grace. Uh, yeah. On Twitter and it, on, um, Instagram and on Facebook, it's be the grace and be the grace women. So amazing. I love that. I will put all that information in the show notes for everybody. So thank you. Thank you again for chatting. I had so much fun chatting with you. Well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I was honored to be here. Thank you so much to Michelle for coming on the show and having such an amazing discussion. I think we touched on a lot of really important topics. So I hope this one resonated with you as much as it did. If you want to connect with Michelle further, you can find her on Instagram at be the grace women and also head to paleofx.com to learn more about paleofx and get your tickets for next year if you enjoyed the show make sure you share it send it to people who you think would also enjoy it if you post about it on social media i always love when you tag me you can tag the podcast wellness wellness podcast as well and of course the guest and it means the world to me so make sure you tag me so that i can say thank you for sharing and if you haven't already make sure you leave a rating and review on itunes to show your support for the show and help other people find wellness wellness podcast and if you're not already in our facebook group wellness wellness podcast tribe make sure you join on facebook so that you can connect with other listeners all right that's going to be it for today's episode i hope you have an awesome rest of your day and i will chat with you again next time Bye.